Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. What's happening? I am so excited. My friends Richard and Namaste are here. We have a packed house today. We do. We do. It's it's good thing we're not all in one room. Well, no, that would be more fun. That would be more fun. I disagree. <laughs> so uh, I, I've actually known... How long have we known each other, guys? Mm. It's been like, it's been like 10 years or something. I think it's been about a decade. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. I don't even remember how we met. It's been Me so long. <laughs> it was some <laughs> mystical thing. It was some confluence of things that were happening. The planets were just yeah. so aligned. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, what I'm finding is that with most of the people you know, you don't know how you know them. You just yeah. know you know them. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that we've known each other for a decade and we've never met in person. No. Nope. No. Really? No, that, yeah. No. We've, we have been on Zoom calls and Facebook and you name it, but, mm -hmm. um, but we've never actually met in person. We've got to fix that one day soon. Yes, we do. We do. Yes, yes we do. We do. I, I've been talking to them, uh, but I haven't introduced them. So let me do that now. <laughs> um, this is uh, Baba Richard and Sri Namaste, and they are the infinite couple. They have generously agreed to come on to the show and talk about parenting magically. What was really funny is that I was talking about doing an episode on pagan parenting and they were like, well, we're not pagan. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I thought I knew what your worldview was. And, you know, don't you do things around Egyptian mythology and, you know, all this? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, that's pagan. And they're like, oh. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> so, so you know, it's it's always fun to to you know see things from a different perspective. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so that was that was fun. They're parents, and they've been raising their children in uh, an alternative spirituality from the big three. Mm-hmm. You know, I get so many questions from so many people following the podcast about parenting, mm-hmm. and they're worried that they're either going to do damage to their children by bringing them up in a magical context or that they're going to do damage to their children by not learning about the magical context because their Mm -hmm. children are indigos and Mm -hmm. you know uh you know all of this stuff that's that's going on and there's so much happening in people's minds around parenting Mm -hmm. and i specifically chose people i knew who raised their children to adulthood (laughs) in the in their tradition so mm-hmm. that we could say, yes, they turned out okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was very wise. Yes. <laughs> because, <concept>. you know, <laughs> that's really all a parent wants is to make sure the kid's going to be okay. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, and I knew you guys had kids that turned out okay. So, yes. so yes. I, I, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about what that was like for you and, and navigating that path with children. I mean, your, your kids went to school with kids who were in the big three, and I'm sure that mm-hmm. they experienced what we all experienced as, oh, come to church with me or do this with me mm-hmm. or that with me, right? Mm-hmm. How did you navigate that? We navigated that because we are inclusive of pretty much everything in that there's no battle going on. Like one of our kids was in high school and he's like, you know, they want me to come to the the Bible retreat or whatever it is. And it was like, well, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, I'd like to go. All right, well, go ahead. And it wasn't like, you know, watch out for this and be afraid of that. It's like, you know, they're all under the same umbrella as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this, there's one mind in the universe and these are just individual facets mm-hmm. of that expression mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. love. Now, where you sit on that spectrum and what you can see from your vantage point may differ, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make the rest of it invalid or irrelevant. Right. We should probably tell how many children we have. We have eight mm-hmm. and they range in age from 19 to 30 now. Oh, wow. And so with having so many children and Baba Richard comes from his family, his parents raised a lot of foster children, 350 foster children mm-hmm. in his parents' home. I offer that to lend just a little bit of perspective as far as how we approach child rearing, which is that we don't expect our children to be cookie cutters. And so we approach it that way, even when it comes to their spirituality, which is that our perspective is that each being, each person chooses how they need to relate to their creator and to their universe. And Mm -hmm. for some people, the big three work. And for some people, many, many people, it doesn't. And that it's all valid. So as Baba said, we raise them in a very inclusive environment in that on our bookshelves, we have books of spells. We have the Egyptian Book of the Dead. We have books about Oshun and the Orisha and, you know, Egyptian mythology. And we also have Bibles and the Book of Mormon. And we have everything. The the Holy Quran, um, you know, the Bhagavad Gita. We have everything. We have crystals. We have talismans. 
And um, even within the alternative spiritual community, people would sometimes push against that. You should only have, you know, things from this particular pantheon. And, and I'm like, well, that works for you. Awesome. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know, <All> right. <laughs> sometimes Oshun is talking to me. Sometimes it's Isis. Sometimes it's Mary. I, I don't control these things. I'm willing to receive from whoever is you know, beneficial to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so we raised our children the same way. So when they would come across people who would say like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's bad because they never heard that any of it was bad. That would automatically be a red flag for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Know? Yeah. And that, that was my next question to you because having just moved, cause you guys are down in Texas. Yeah. We're in the yeah. buckle of the Bible yeah. belt. <laughs> yeah. And I just moved to Richmond and I can tell you, I've told people I'm a shaman and I've had people say, my pastor says that's evil. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I was wondering how you dealt with that when your kids would experience that. Cause I, I, I know it wasn't an if I know it was a when they because, did. Yeah. They yeah. did. You know, they would come home and, and we would just ask them, you know, well, what happened? A lot of our children didn't choose to go to anybody else's, you know, church or anything like that, but the, sometimes they would. And I remember one of our sons who did, and he came back and I said, well, what was it like? He was going, he was an athlete and the only support group for athletes outside of athletics was, you know, the Christian support FCA, group, yeah, Fellowship, of Christian, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And mm -hmm. so he was like, well, I think I'm going to go. And I was like, okay, you know, and so he went and he came back and I said, how was it? And he said, well, it was fun. He said, I really agreed with some of the stuff when they were talking about, you know, morals and, you know, treating people well and, you know, things like that. I really agree with that. But then they said, I was even okay with it when they were like, you know, and Jesus did these things. He said, and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, that they have something that they believe in. And they were like, and he's the only way. And he was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you know, he's like, well, I just think that if other people believe differently, you should leave them to their beliefs. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You know? And so he would come in contact with that quite a bit. He's an amazing kid. And I don't just say that because he's mine, you know, <laughs> um, he just is. And, um, and every time he would come across people, they would always want to like, you would be great if you were in our, what they would basically be saying is, man, you know what? You're such a cool person. You'd be a wonderful ambassador for our particular branch <laughs> of the religious tree. Right. Yes. <laughs> He's yes, like, yes. Uh, no, no, thank you. Right. But thanks for thinking about me. What we taught them was respect everyone's beliefs and at the same time, be able to stand in what yours are. You don't have to understand that other people may feel like they have to choose, but that doesn't mean you do. Mm -hmm. And anyone who you're going to have in your life should be able to respect that, you know? And, um, and so sometimes, you know, they, they would find friendships. It wouldn't be like a large falling out, but eventually it would just kind of drift apart because as they went deeper into their faith and then, you know, our children not going, you know, in that direction would cause some issues. But most of the time, interestingly enough, I think it's a different time for kids, because while the parents may be telling them like, you know, this is what we believe and so on and so forth, schools to a huge extent are trying to be so inclusive. And even if they're not intending to be religiously inclusive, you can't be inclusive of other things like, you know, all kinds of gender expression and all kinds mm -hmm. of sexual expression right. without also being inclusive of other kinds of religious expressions. Like it just kind of goes together. You can't, you know, do one without the other. And so what was interesting is we'd find that they would have friends who would be, you know, devout, whatever religion, but they would periodically come to our children 
to ask questions about affirmations or to ask about crystals or Reiki or, you know, things like that, that they couldn't Mm -hmm. get that information from at home. And so they almost became like a resource (laughs) for these alternative ways of connecting. And so we would get even more questions than our children have because they go, oh, my friend was asking about this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that was pretty cool, too. Hey, Joey. Yes. Guess what? What? We have another guest. I told you, packed house today. It just I know. It just keep flowing in. See, I just wanted it to be a surprise. Okay. <laughs> well, who do we have? <laughs> we have Newt Tumu Ankh Butterfly Dreaming. She is from OrgasmicLiving.com. And Newt. she and I have known each other, I think, actually longer than I have known Richard and Namaste. Do, do you know where you know Ooh. her from? I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do know. <laughs> Newt was on my uh, Women's Spiritual Leadership Teleconference. Oh, excellent. Well, welcome, Newt. Okay. Welcome to Spirit Trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't remember that. She but didn't remember, right. but you do. <laughs> <laughs> One of us remembered. It's better than with Richard and Namaste and I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's from like 2008 or 09 because my the way I think in pictures and I remember things from where I was when I made that first phone call or had a conversation and yep. we were in my house on Citrus Avenue in Tucson, Arizona, which I moved there in 2008. <laughs> there you go. It was a long time ago. It was early on. We love to just come back to these relationships. So uh, yet another person I've known a long time and never met in person. So <laughs> Newt is also a parent of grown children and one grown child. My, my, sorry. Sorry. I didn't know Richard and Namaste had eight kids. I thought they had four. So (laughs) that was news to me just a minute ago. So I'm I'm getting all kinds of surprises today. So Newt, you want to talk a little bit about what it was like for you to raise a child in a non big three religion, I want to say, because it is, you know, they are traditional religions. They're just not the big three. Well, you know, and in my house, it gets even deeper than that because our position is we don't do religion. (laughs) We just don't do religion. We do spiritual culture. And we specifically, we do African spiritual culture, but we make that distinction because you know, religion uh, literally means to rejoin, and that means you have to acknowledge a separation. We don't. We don't acknowledge that there's ever been a separation in my divinity and ultimate divinity, that we are always linked. So that, you know, just the linguistics of that. I don't know. It's like, I guess I, we did all of it. I was a total, complete weirdo before he was born. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, just, it was normalized. It was normalized. I had my son in a complete kind of counter spiritual culture right in the middle of Brooklyn. And our way of life was really normalized. You know, what other people refer to as plural marriage was normal. (laughs) I know many, many plural families. Veganism, live food. I was a live food vegan. (laughs) He was conceived. We made a lot of our own stuff. We experimented with um, living on like a 95% barter culture. Being different was just kind of like the norm. And it just really didn't click to me until he was probably 10 or 11 that, oh, that might be an issue. And honestly, it didn't click to me until after there was an incident that was, he was actually uh, hit in the back with it really hard with a basketball. These kids were all like eight and nine because he said he didn't believe in God. And they were all freshly indoctrinated, good little Christians. (laughs) they were i think they were doing what people what young people do they were trying to make sense out of 
a Bible study lesson or some kind of a, a Sunday school thing. Like they were making sense out of like one kid was from one denomination and the other kids were in another. And they were kind of like, they were trying to make sense out of it amongst themselves. And in the midst of this blocking back and forth, well, we believe this and we believe that, you know, they throw over to my son and he's like, well, no, I don't believe none of it. <laughs> and it was, it was, he was actually chased home, chased home. Wow. Crying. They were going to beat him up. Uh, mm. I had to do the thing where I marched over there and threatened to kick every, every child's ass. <laughs> Let me find your parent. But all because he just said, well, I don't believe what you believe. And that's a risk you take when you're when you're doing something that's outside of the norm. Um, it didn't occur to me. It yeah. honestly didn't occur to me that that was even a possibility. You know, it's not like we're, you know, I'm, this is going to sound elitist, but this is in Los Angeles at the time. We weren't in the backwoods of somewhere. <laughs> you yeah. know? This is urban Los Angeles. There's lots of different languages being spoken, different faiths being practiced on every block. There's always a smattering of Muslim children everywhere we are. I just did not expect, you know, the Christian mafia to come, a little burgeoning junior mafia to come after my child. And as a parent, it's really difficult. It's one thing for us to say that we have to walk that path and, and, and stand up for our choices and in our authentic selves for ourselves. But when it's our children that have to walk that, it's really hard for us to see them take those difficult steps and get tormented for it. It's really, really difficult it's, to, to watch. It's very difficult. And I can't say, I cannot say I was priestly at all in my handling. <laughs> <laughs> I really was not. You know, yeah. I, it was, I, I read everybody, adult and child, the riot act. I read them, their Bible to them. <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate, but it's just the way we are. One of the first things in me coming into my spiritual tradition, one of the first things that my Baba, the first assignments he gave me that I hated him for, is he made us read the Bible and he tested us on it. We had to read the whole thing cover to cover. And I was just absolutely pissed. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm taking this course and I'm coming here and I'm studying ancient African spiritual culture and you want me to read this thing? And the reasoning was that we would have to know what people were going to come up and what they were going to challenge us on and what they were going to challenge our children on, what they were going to challenge our lovers on, and what people, you know, every relationship that we would have after coming into this, there was a potential for being challenged, and especially in the African community here in the States, for a whole host of reasons. We, as a people, hold on to things. <laughs> so... Even if we didn't come here with this cross and this dove and all of that and this Bible, my grandmammy did it, their grandmammy did it, so we're going to keep doing it, lest we dishonor those ancestors. So there's, it gets very sticky, <laughs> the level of respect that we, I, me and my family have to pay. It's not reciprocated, but it's just as a matter of kindness and getting along that we have to take that extra step and respect their traditions and know them more than yeah. they would even think about knowing ours. Yeah. I have to say that's been true for me as well. I was raised in, a, in multiple different Christian traditions. My mother wasn't anything, but I went to a whole bunch of different stuff over the years, having 
come out as a shaman in southern spaces and and even in some of the northern spaces having people come at me with you know religious doctrine and i i speak fluent bible i have read my bible from cover to cover and so they feed me one one piece of it and i go yes and in this other piece over here it says blah 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 and they go oh wait yeah what huh and half the time they don't even know that so you know it's helpful right to to speak all the different languages and to as as you said richard to say okay this is this facet and this is this facet and this is this facet and they're not different things they're just you know different facets of of a much larger thing i know that what i found as i was going through my journey i was i was raised big three myself and what i found was as it started to not necessarily fit all the aspects of me as i was going through my personal journey my personal transformation i found myself sort of not agreeing with some of the things that that i was being told what I did was I went on a spiritual, I guess I call it a spiritual quest, where I started looking at everything, what was out there. And what I found was exactly what, what you said, Richard, before, was that there was truth in all of it. And I wanted to be able to to sit in that space. And, and, and it's like you were just saying here, you know, understanding what people are talking about makes it easier for us to converse with people who we may not necessarily agree with 100%. But at Mm -hmm. least we can talk the same language and at least we can try to find that common ground. And that's, I think, super important when you're trying to bridge these gaps to walk Mm -hmm. this path of authenticity. Well, it's been been pretty – I don't know if you even know this, Kelly, about Richard and I, but we both – not only did we grow up in a church, but we were both ordained Mm -hmm. as ministers in the church in our teens. Mm -hmm. So we both ran churches um, before Mm -hmm. we came together. And so – Coming from that background, and then I moved into um, Judaism. I lived as an Orthodox Jew for about three, four years, did not complete my conversion, and then just kept traveling through that. Came back to some of my roots, my Creole roots, which is a lot of, in my family at least, not only is it voodoo, but there's a lot of crystals and astrology and things of that nature. And so I think because our own personal journeys were so vast, and when we left something like said, okay, well, Christianity is not a large enough container to hold my expression of the divine and how that works for me. I could still see and understand how people could believe that because I believe that. Mm -hmm. And so being able to be, you know, we always say we are, we are highly fluent in a number of different religious traditions. And so, (laughs) so when people come and start talking, I'm like, oh, what are you? Okay, well, let me speak a language that you can understand, right. you know. And to that point, most of the time when we encounter folks that, that know us a little bit, they often assume that we are the same. Whatever they are. Whatever they are. <laughs> you know? It's really interesting. People, Our Buddhist friends think we're like, Buddhist. You guys are Buddhist, right? And so you know that, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, like, we can speak Buddhist, but we aren't. It's not Buddhist. Not Buddhist in that sense. Aren't you Hindu? Your name is not. No, not Hindu. <laughs> I could have swore. I could have swore that you guys. You know, aren't you, don't you, like, aren't you comedic? No, you know. And I also have done, you know, wedding ceremonies and things like that. And the wedding ceremony is done in the spiritual framework of the folks that are getting married. Right. So if they want an Anglican ceremony, then we do one. That was hilarious, being and people so, of color doing an Anglican ceremony. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and having these little old ladies come up from England and they're like, it's so nice to see an Anglican minister of your stature. You know, who are, who, by that they mean, you know, 
and I didn't have the heart to tell him. You know, it wasn't it wasn't relevant that I impress him. You know. I'm yeah. not Anglican, you know. But you know, it's like okay, well, for the day. Yeah, the, day. The, cu- the couple knew we weren't, but you right. know, but they knew that we would also do you know whatever was part of their tradition. Mm-hmm. It, you know, made them if it made sense to them. Yeah, so. it made sense yeah. to them and it makes them yeah. comfortable. And that is the thing when we are having any sort of disagreement. Typically, it's around a single point, which is yeah. somehow in my religious tradition. I have determined that it's not only appropriate for me to believe as I believe, but it's also appropriate for me to tell you that you shouldn't believe <laughs> mm-hmm. like you believe. And it's not, and it's, which is also it's not, not okay. true. It's, right. not, it's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not appropriate. <laughs> so I want to ask you guys, did you have indigo children? Did you have children who were seeing ghosts and, and, you know, having psychic experiences and trying to contextualize those things? Yes, we mm-hmm. at least, yeah, most of our children have. Yeah. Still have. And how did you yeah. deal with that for them? It depends on what was going on. Our youngest daughter would see things that would scare her. And because I had experienced that too when I was a child, um, I did not want her to grow up feeling afraid. You know, growing up in the church, I was told that all of those things were demons. And so that didn't help. Um, And so I did did not want to, you know, pass down that same, whatever the analog would be to that. Oh, those are evil spirits of any sort. You know, so I would just ask her, what are you seeing? You know, and Baba Richard would tell, would tell them, you know, you know, that you have power over anything that you see. And also we would also speak to them about things from the collective consciousness and how, you know, Mm -hmm. you're very sensitive. And so you are seeing things that are in the invisible realm. We'd give them different crystals mm-hmm. to place by their beds. We'd tell them different mantras they could say. We'd have different types of audios that they could listen to if it was something that was that they were afraid of. But most of our so, children actually enjoyed their experiences. Mm-hmm. If the child had an affinity for specific things, like some of our children have more of an affinity towards angels. Some of them, for instance, really have more of, of an affinity towards ancestors. And so it depended on what they felt. Most of them, their leanings is more towards energy more than anything else. So we would show them how to make an energy bubble basically around themselves by rubbing their palms together really fast and feeling the energy of that. And then just kind of, you know, tracing an outline of their aura around them and telling them how how it's semi-permeable and you can invite whatever in, but nothing can come in that you don't want to come in and they would really get into that, you know, to a point where they would like (laughs) play games with that. Like, well, I'm going to throw an energy bubble at you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) this is not something to play with, you know, but, but it seemed to really assist them when they were dealing with things that they were afraid of. That's awesome. Newt, how about you? The whole indigo child thing. Yeah. My son was called one of those and I had readers from the time before he was born and, say things like that about him. I'm looking at him across the room now into the next room. You know, it'll be 24 at the end of the week, this coming week. And he rejects all of these things now. (laughs) 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 But nonetheless, definitely. But that was just a part of our lives anyway. Energy work, keeping altars, not just speaking to the interu, the divine and the ancestors, the shepsu, but listening to them. And taking that guidance and making that a part of it. When I do remember there was one particular spirit that bothered him. He, he, there were lots of them that were fine and it, it was, we would play together. Lots of plant spirits. He, he was really good with that. But there was one particular one that bothered. 
And I taught him how to do the ritual. I taught him how to do the cleansing. I taught him how to send her away, you know, and that was really empowering for him to be able to, at that time, he was like three or four, to be able to do a simple ritual with me. Mm-hmm. So that, and to see the result. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the way I approach ritual is it's not, I'm not religious about it, meaning it's not, it's not a dance you do. You complete the steps and you're done. You right. do it until it works. Right. You check the results. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you don't just yeah. do it and say, oh, okay, I did it. I'm done. I did it. <laughs> you know? And he learned that too. I didn't make a distinction between that and teaching him how to flip pancakes. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the same. Mm-hmm. These are both yes. skills you have to know how to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to know yes. how to flip pancakes, clear unwanted spirits out of your space, mm-hmm. your own laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really don't make those distinctions between the spirit work and the rest of the work because energy work is mostly mundane. Mm-hmm. I know people selling it don't want to hear that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, shh. But it's mostly mundane. It really yeah. is about keeping your space clean, having a seven body awareness of it, not just, you know, dusting. Mm-hmm. And it has to be that routine if it's to be effective. If you're just going to be a show about it, well, sure. You know. mm-hmm. No, does he know how to make incense? No, but I feel completely, completely certain that if push came to shove, we need to clear spirit now, he can do it in the sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make pancakes. And make pancakes. And make pancakes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. he's good at pancakes. He got so the breakfast thing was see, that was strategic. That was strategic <laughs> for me, you know? Um because I didn't like having to get up and cook all that. He likes to There eat. you go. <laughs> so you said a minute ago that he he eschews all of these things now that he he just oh, isn't yeah. into it anymore. Uh, it's How all mood weirdness. <laughs> How is that for you that he's he's not walking that path anymore? It doesn't matter because it's in him. You know, it's in him. I did what was my duty to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've given him all the tools. It's like it's like all of the Bible thumping and you know, I was raised Catholic, so a lot of my family, my mother and my my nieces, they're Catholic. You know, all of them when they get sick or something goes on, they come to us. <laughs> you know yeah. what's that herb for what you got an herb for this you got an oil for you know and he's always he's always gonna have that facility yeah mm-hmm. just like you can't unlearn how to read you can't unlearn herbs you can't unlearn energy work yeah um, you can't unlearn your spiritual awareness i mean he, you know still i guess he's still a practicing chemite but he was never going to be the one to wave the flag around it or even do things like this, right. <laughs> you, go, yeah. you know, he's, he's, yeah. it's like, he's going to be low key about it. And for me, the point of it, the point of sharing it is not for indoctrination. It's for expanding what's available for that being, expanding what's available for him as a whole being. Mm-hmm. Does he have the facility to see beyond the visible, to see beyond mm-hmm. circumstance, to see beyond the okie doke in the world. Yeah. Check, check, check. I'm good. Job done. (laughs) We actually just did an episode just before this one where we were talking about what an apprentice magician would do as a practice, how to practice to do that. And because, you know, it's, it's one of those things that when you grow up, in this sort of environment, or if you spend a lot of time in this sort of environment, there's certain things that you just get through osmosis. Yeah. That mm-hmm. if you don't have those environments, you don't 
get those things. And, you know, Kathy and I were realizing that when we were trying to start training people, mm-hmm. we were like, wait a minute, this person mm-hmm. has never done a guided meditation, <laughs> yes. much less a ritual, much less, you know, they don't even know how to be still, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that level of work. I gave everybody a list of, here's the things that you should do to develop your competency to be an energy worker, period. Yes. And the, to form a foundation of understanding mm-hmm. a, a language of mythology and mythos that you can use to build your language of ritual. And Richard and Namaste, you'd be thrilled because I was like, every mythology (laughs) (laughs) and fairy tales, (laughs) you know, because it's, it's true, right? You know, the, the more you have in your lexicon, Mm-hmm. the the richer the experience you can create yeah it is it is that is very powerful and I know we've definitely found that out with our students as well because we're both PKs and even on the you know voodoo side my great-grandfather was you know a high priest in voodoo he you know was known in cities like you would go to him for everything and so mm-hmm. we are basically steeped in spiritual, magical, mystical tradition, when people come to us, we assume that they have what we would consider to be a basic knowledge of these things. And so we'll use things and we're looking and and we're like, do you really understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, (laughs) do you know what that word means? And it's like, well, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and the same thing with our children, frankly, they, you know, meditation, meditating, energy healing, crystals. I'm a crystal worker. I've I've worked with crystals since I was in my teens. And so they just, you know, our children who are athletes would just, one of our sons, he had a big Afro and he would tuck a piece of fluoride in his Afro before he went running. And, you know, I mean, they just, this is just, as Nuke was saying, it's just so common. Um, And it is a way of life, not, you know, we'll do rituals and things at certain times and periods, but it really is like if somebody gets a headache before they go and grab Advil or anything, they're coming and Mm -hmm. asking for, Mom, can you do some Reiki on me or, you know, can you just touch me, you know, or what have you? And so you start realizing it's not until you talk to other people that you realize that that's not like normal. You know, right. <laughs> everybody's not having that experience. I don't even think it's, it's atypical until their friends or something come around and they're like, what was that? Mm-hmm. What's that smell? Oh, that's sage. What? (laughs) 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 I'm like, what smell? What are you talking about? You know, it's just you even use the phrase PKEs. Can you define that for our listeners? Oh well, I said PK, preacher's kids. Preacher's kids. We're preacher's kids. Both of us. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so you know, we're both preacher's kids. Um, we have because. a, we call okay. it a meditation room, but it's actually our spiritual center right in the middle of our house and it's open. So it's got just a big archway. So anytime somebody comes in a house, they're going to see right all the there. Stuff that's in there. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't even occur to me that like, there are people who might feel some kind of way, you know, coming into a space or, or wonder if this is okay because their religious construct is so different. And I've had people come in a house and they stand at the door and they're looking, they're like peering in and they're like, is it okay? Can I come in? Is it okay? <laughs> like, sure, go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, you better be careful. Something will bite you. What? I'm just <laughs> Baba tells me not to scare the muggles. So I, try. <laughs> oh I, I have a oh shaman stick at my front door along with a broom and you know, people come in and they're like, 
<laughs> I don't know. Well, I, but, you know, I, I had housekeepers come in and they every single one of them walks in and goes, it's so quiet here. Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, that's because it's heavily warded. <laughs> and by the way, if you were carrying anything with you when you came in, it got peeled off at the right. door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, if you don't want it back, you should tell it to go and it will right. be forced to leave. Right. That's exactly. how my door works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My door has a process. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they're just like, oh, you know, these are all. And I, I swear to you, I got every psychic housekeeper there was. Wow. <laughs> they all walked yeah. in. They all told me stories. You know, the ghosts in my house, the portal in my house, the psychic stuff that they got. I mean, it's just like I it's like I just drew psychic people into my house. I don't know what it was when I first got here. I had like four of them and they all just they were like, You're a shaman? <laughs> all right, folks. We don't want to stop the party. We're having too much fun. So what we're gonna do is take a break here and we'll be back next week with more of this episode. So that's all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next week. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, Newt, Baba Richard, and Sri Namaste. And you have been listening to Spirit Trippa. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now. So I leave behind a little fear. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for TV Deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea? what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.